Hey, yo, what is up, everybody? This is the Full Tilt Podcast Network episode 186 of the Full Tilt Podcast Network. This is the Fantasy Walkabout. We are powered by Fantasy Points Media Group. We keep losing Tom Lee in Australia. Again, that will happen. We will get through is what we do. We're, you know, we're pros at it at this point. He will be back. I am excited to get this show kicking. I, of course, am your host with the most timeless hands. I am Thomas Tipple FF. Joining me, as always, is Lucas Gilbert. That is at the cute hurts. And when he comes back from doing his Australian thing, it will be at Tom underscore Lee nine two. Lucas, you're looking better. You're sounding better. It sounds like you are are getting through it. Uh, how was your week, man? Ready to go? Uh, dude, I'm ready to go. Uh, had Thanksgiving last week, so we didn't put out a lot of content. Then, you know, everybody went was hanging with their families, watched some football, uh, got a little bit of the, the germs that were spreading around. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm good yeah, to that, go. I'm that, ready to see why I'm such a bad fantasy football manager uh, and what uh, I need to do to uh, fix this. Because, uh, like, like I said before we started on, I know I have a lot of teams that are in a rebuild. So I'm, I wasn't expecting to have a bunch of winners this year, but I have one team in like the 15 leagues that I'm in that has a winning record. And it's sad. There's some sad boy hours over here. It happens, man. Like it, it just happens. But look, we talked about it. Everyone evolves or you should, you should <laughs> be evolving as a fantasy player regularly and, and over time. Uh, like I said, when Tom Lee came back, he would be here. That's at Tom underscore Lee nine two. Look, it can be difficult for a boy, Tom. Uh, Australia is not known to have the crispest internet, but he is a pro. We get through it, and that's what we're going to do. Um, I, I absolutely can't wait. Well, let's get things kicked off. Look, there's 672,421 podcast newsletters, articles, AI writing news articles. Uh, sports blurbs now i'm mortified we got to stop building skynet uh, they clearly need to go back and watch t2 uh it's truly terrifying but we don't sit here and give you all the news from the week you've heard it it's friday night you just want a nice chill chill pod or wherever you're li- whenever you're listening to this you want a nice chill pod sometimes a lot of people listen to the walkabout on tuesday or wednesday the following week you don't need your news from us so we're going to skip that instead what i like to do is give you a free, almost a hot take of the week. This is my almost hot take of the week. As you know, I've been talking a lot about Lamar Jackson recently, Lucas, Tom Lee. And I say this week, Lamar Jackson fails to hit the 20 fantasy point mark once again. He has only done it. I know the look on your face. I get it. He just did it last week. It was at the expense of the team's success, but we don't talk about that here on this show. We're not talking about real football. We're talking about fantasy football. Lamar Jackson has hit the 20-point mark uh, just two times since week three, and he doesn't exactly have a phenomenal matchup against Denver. Lost Tom Lee again. Aye, that's okay. Uh, he doesn't exactly have the best matchup here against the Broncos. So my almost hot take of the week is that Lamar Jackson won't hit 20 points. That's just what it is. It's just what it is. My biggest concern with that is, one, I think that Denver still has a really good secondary. But what we saw last week is that without uh, Bradley Chubb rushing the passer, their defense has taken a hit. 
So we'll see if Lamar is seeing some open running lanes. I think that's the biggest challenge to that. I don't think he'll get through the air, but on the ground, we'll see. Yeah, it's it. Look, I don't want to say it. Toronto Dave, I know, I know, all caps. Thomas, I know, I don't want to say it, but it's just the facts. It's just the world we're living in. You're making more money betting against Lamar Jackson than betting on Lamar Jackson right now. And look, I got a lot of dynasty teams that are contending that could really use some big Lamar Jackson games. I just think, as I said in week, what, seven before I got chastised by Jacob and Billy, that his boom weeks are going to be fewer and farther between. Yeah, week three to week 12 is a lot between. Okay, so hey, my almost hot take of the week is Lamar Jackson won't hit 20 fantasy points. Book it. Hey. Oh, we got a live trade. We got a live trade. Oh my God. We got a bonus live trade. Look, this is how it works. Okay. I'm a middling team in this league. Lucas turned down a trade uh, and told me about it in the league that we were in. And let me tell you, this is a hot mistake. I am a four and eight team sitting on Saquon Barkley and Lucas. You are also a team that could use. <laughs> You are two and ten. Okay? You're two and ten. I'm four and eight. And you declined Travis Etienne for Deshaun Watson. You would get Deshaun Watson. Now, yes. whatever your opinions of Deshaun Watson are, that's not what we hear. We're not here for that. We're here about the football. And Deshaun Watson is already back to being a round one pick. Okay? You're right, TD. We got a live one. And it is with co-host of the Full Tilt Devi podcast, Andy Starr. Wish I was on for there this There he is. Look, you are the last team in the league holding on to a running back? On to a running back. You've already got Bijan locked up. Why are you holding? Anyway, so I immediately sent an offer out after Lucas told me that he declined it. I immediately sent an offer for Saquon for Deshaun Watson straight up. That is a definitely a trade you should be making as a rebuild. You absolutely should. I have five firsts this year in this league. I'm going to net one of the other ones, one of the other young quarterbacks, and just stack up on wide receivers. I, I, please walk me through why you declined uh, Deshaun Watson for Travis Etienne. I got it. So, so my biggest thing is, one, I know that my team's rough. I'm 2-10 and 10 right now. It's not been a good year. Uh, it hurts a lot. I do have quite a few good players on the IR currently, so that just... You know, that kind of sucks. Like, I have Javante Williams and Trey Lance both on the IR. And Travis Etienne, he's been really good. And I thought about it a little bit. But I thought that Trey Lance is, or not Trey Lance, dear Lord, Travis Etienne's going to hold on to his value in a safer way than Deshaun Watson will. I feel like that Watson's value can only go down right now. Like, because if he comes back and he's really good, and you say he's going in the first round right now in startups, I mean, it it can only go down. So I think that Travis Etienne still has some time to be really good. And yeah, we'll we'll see. I might end up regretting this one, especially with how my quarterback position. So I don't think I don't looks, think there's yeah. a, I don't think there's a hope that Etienne makes his way into the first round. I think that as a rebuilding team, and boy, I cannot wait uh to get into this because this is gonna be the whole base of this whole fucking episode. But you should be trying to attain elite quarterbacks and elite tight ends one way or another in in this climate. 100%. Fair enough. So 
I think that was a miscue by yourself. And hey, if you're in a league and you get a sense, if you just get an inkling that a player is willing to move an elite quarterback like that. Now, I got lucky that Lucas told me. But let me tell you, I've already been starting my DM cycle for this upcoming week, and that offer would have been sent out anyway. Believe you me. But I'm happy with that. Four and eight. I'm good with it. Um, truly phenomenal. All right. I think I think that Barkley moving Barkley for Watson is a little bit safer because Barkley is right up against that age cliff, too. I don't think like I think this will be the best season that he has for the rest of his career. I don't think he'll be able to match what he's been doing this year. So I I really like that trade for you. I think that if I was offered that, I would end up taking Watson there. I think I'm also just really high on ETN. So um, a little bit of my homerism is coming out there. So just a player that I was on from the very beginning and wasn't quite late, quite ready to let go. Dear Lord, no, which I could talk no. right. <laughs> no, that's to- again, it's a totally fair assessment, but I really believe that you should be targeting these elite quarterbacks because those are the, those are the guys that hold elite value for longer. Um, I have two a Dak and Pickett in that league had to move Watson for something. Sure. I don't think you did. I think you could have offered Dak and I probably would have taken Dak. Honestly, I'm not kidding. I probably would have taken Dak, but I'm happier to take Deshaun. I'll be honest with you. So I think either way you would have gotten what you wanted, but I'm happy that you went for the strong, the strong one first and, and let me know and much love to you. Shout out. Uh, we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, we're going to bring Tom Lee back in, hopefully for good this time. We're going to try to make it work. And uh, we are going to move on to the next uh, bit. All right, sit tight. I'm taking Chris Olave at 102. Um, he's he's an alpha receiver. I think that he's shown that. I think he's done everything he could possibly do. He's doing it with less than amazing quarterback play, to be honest with you. He, I thought maybe he would be the outside guy. I thought maybe he would be just a deep guy. No, nah, he's a do-everything guy. He is a, He's red zone. He is what he is, which is elite. He's run 336 routes. He has the best PFF receiving grade. He's averaging 14.2 points per game, highest in this rookie class. Uh, just, down the, just down across the board, elite player, and not just for a rookie as just a general wide receiver. Hey, look, um, Olave is dog. Saw this clip on Insta. That's what's up, Dave. Yeah, you can go and find me FF Thomas Tipple over there on Insta where you're going to be get a lot of our clips and a lot of extra info uh, circulating over there as well. Look, we're on Facebook now at full, uh, at full tilt dynasty pod. We're trying to get that going. Instagram, TikTok at Thomas Temple FF where all our content goes, uh, Twitter, YouTube. We are all over the place. We are growing. Uh, so you're going to want to go and follow all of those much love. Shout out to Dave. Uh, I cannot say this correctly, but I'm going to try. Um, Utsilo? I'm going to go with Utsilo. Devin Singletary or James Conner for the rest of the season. I think this is very interesting. You've been, I've been waiting for a James Cook breakout, and it kind of seems like we just got one. Took over the, the backfield, but didn't get the touchdown. So, gentlemen, I'll start with you, Tom Lee. These people yeah. are probably sick of hearing me, hearing me talk at this point. Uh, who are you taking for the rest of the season? Now, remember, this is against New England. New England is the toughest matchup for running backs. And yeah. James Cook said, yeah, I don't give a shit. So l- give me your give me your take on this one. 
it's Connor for me. Um, it's pretty straightforward. The volume, there's only one avenue, red zone opportunities. The offense looks better with. I read uh, that as James back. Cook. Am I stupid? Oh my gosh. Never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, James Cook is a large reason as to why I'm not choosing Devin Singletree as long as well as Josh Allen. I mean, you've got three running backs essentially, one who can throw the ball, um, splitting it. You're guessing at best. You know where the avenue is going with James Connor. Um, so if the, if I'm if I'm picking the upside and what should be the floor, he for me is is the one to go with the rest of the year. I definitely I definitely like that, Lucas. I mean he he said it really well there. I can't argue with that. Can't add anything to it. Agree. I, I think I think both options are kind of booty because I don't think James Conner has the best <laughs> yeah. schedule. But if you just want opportunity, if this is a trend now. Granted, this, it's not like Devin Singletary hadn't been getting the snaps. 86, 75, 74, 72, 72, 76, and then 44. Remember, quick turnaround Thursday night game. Maybe they just wanted yeah. to get fresh legs in there. But it's not like Devin Singletary's ceiling has been electric. He's 11 been handy, points but he hasn't been outstanding. Yeah. yeah, 11 points, 9 points, 17, 15, 8, 9, 14, 5. 11, you're really counting on the touchdowns with Devin Singletary for his blow-up. You can get that from James Conner. So I'm with you. I'm picking James Conner. If this starts to become more of a James Cook, and like you said, with Josh Allen as well, I think Devin Singletary is going to let some people down. A fine option, like you said, but James Conner provides weekly RB2, and I, I kind of yeah. like that. So every week we like to give you guys our budgie smugglers of the week. Now I love doing the budgie smugglers. I'm happy that we're all back because there's nothing I love more than talking about a man in budgies. Uh, if you don't know what a budgie smuggler is, look it up. It's phenomenal. It's essentially a ween, right? It is a speedo. It's just ozified. And that's what we love about it. And every week we like to talk about a player that, well, is rocking into the week with a little bit of extra confidence, more confidence than normal, willing to walk into the locker room, willing to walk off of the bus in his budgie smugglers to strike fear in his opponents, letting them all know what's coming for them. And look, we, we like to hit on these as often as we can. Every once in a while, you get a budgie stuffer. And, and it turns out poorly. But this week, I think all three of these are absolute knockouts. I'm going to go first here. I'm ready to go. I'm amped up about this. The game has a 51-point implied total. And I have talked about this player multiple times in this bit because when the matchups are right, he hits. He doesn't just hit. He absolutely fucking crushes. My budgie smuggler of the week, he's walking into Detroit coming off a kind of a poor game. He had a good fourth quarter against the Baltimore Ravens in a game in which that I don't feel like talking about still, <laughs> but the weeks up leading up to that, look, he put, he put up, uh, I'm looking at somebody else's 25.8 fantasy points against Indy 19.2 fantasy points against the chargers, 21.6 fantasy points against Vegas and 31.5 fantasy points against Kansas city. All good matchups against slot or four slot receivers. And guess what? He's back in it uh, against uh, Detroit. Christian Kirk has a third best schedule adjusted matchup for opposing opposing slot wide receivers at plus 2.9 fantasy points over expected. Kirk smashes in these matchups. Like I said, he's the wide receiver 14 in points per game, all backed by his boom games. Christian Kirk is having the type of ceiling. Everybody wanted uh, Gabe Davis to have. 
but he's doing it in Jacksonville and from the slot. He's not exactly a player that you expect boom games every week from, but when the matchups are right, you absolutely attack them. Attacking individual matchups is the best way to gain an advantage. This week, he does that. Uh, Not to mention, Trevor Lawrence is going to face a Detroit defense that ranks as the single softest schedule-adjusted matchup at 6.4 fantasy points per game. It's good news for Kirk. However, I will say there is a bit of an asterisk here. Since replacing their secondary coach, the Detroit Lions have been significantly better against the pass. However, I still believe the talent from Trevor Lawrence that's uh, showing out and the talent from Christian Kirk, which I always believed was there throughout the offseason, is going to shine through and give you one hell of a budgie smuggler this week. Tom Lee, your budgie smuggler of the week. I love it. Um, like you said, some weeks we cop a bit of uh, people who are packing their, their budgies full of whatever they can find. Last week Forgetting was one of those. That, right? It wasn't even on the show, and I sent in one. <laughs> uh, and it just busted. So, I mean, don't trust Russell Wilson. Don't trust Courtland Sutton. Uh, like Lucas ripped on me last week and said, just choose who plays the Raiders. It's, does, it doesn't work like that. The slot receiver, sure. So we're steering away from the Raiders. We're going for a favorite of mine, uh, a young fellow. So Garrett Wilson, um, coming off a massive week with the new basic white QB in white. Um, <laughs> monstered last week, five for eight, uh, five from eight for 95 and two tutties. Yes, one of the cornerbacks did fall down and allowing him to run into the end zone, but we're not looking at that. He plays the Vikings this week. They're fifth against quarterbacks, fifth against wide receivers in the most points given up. So a little bit further back than our favorites in Detroit and Vegas, but having said that, still extremely a favorable matchup for him. Uh, White was praised last week for being, what did it say? So White was praised last week for making easy look easy. Nothing is more easy this week than hitting Garrett Wilson in the chest for eight to 10 targets and hopefully a touchdown. So I'm expecting around a 20-point outing and hopefully fringe, if not solid, wide receiver one numbers this week from him. I love that. I absolutely love it. I am stacking that game as much as possible. I said at the beginning of the year that Mike White would provide more value for the for this Jets team than, <laughs> than Zach Wilson. People looked at me weird. I was I was not happy a man got hurt, but I was happy for my fantasy team that a better option came into play with Flacco and Mike White was right there too. Lucas, yours? Oh, goodness. So I have not done a good job with the budgie smugglers. I'm definitely stuffed in the budgie. But <laughs> at least you're man you enough know, to admit it. Hey, I'll, I'll admit it, man. But you know what? Sometimes you don't always feel like wearing a budgie. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm just you saying. I, Lucas, I've been, you and I have been stuffing our budgies full of all sorts of business. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Some of them are more obvious than others, but you know, at least it's not cold out. So after you have a nice big turkey dinner, you know, you might you might feel a little little stuff, a little large. You might be putting that budgie smuggler away. You know, some days it just feels like you've had a turkey dinner every single day, and you know that that thing keeps sneaking further and further back in your closet. That's Deontay Johnson right now. Uh... But you know what? You know what? Sometimes you wake up and you're like, man, uh, I feel good. I feel good. No. Deontay Johnson's that option this week. And I know it's gross. I put in the show seat. It is gross. But Deontay <laughs> Johnson is my budgie smuggler of the week. 
And that's because he's going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Nobody in the league gives up more points above average to the wide receiver position than the Atlanta Falcons do. And that's plus seven points above average. And it's spread out across every single different receiver. Your left, your right, your slot, everyone. They they can't guard them. They suck. All right, sucks to suck. Atlanta is also the sixth worst against quarterbacks at uh, above average, and I believe that is 3.5 points above average. Kenny Pickett, he's a, he's a relatively safe option. Nothing flashy, but you get him going a little bit. You get his wide receivers going a little bit, and it's going to look really good. I know that Deontay's wide receiver 40 on the season. He's still averaging eight and a half targets every single time he goes out. That's still more than George Pickens. Might not be for long, but right now it's still more. And the rest of the season lines up really, really nicely for the Steelers wideouts. This could be the start of a run that could win you your your championship. If you pick the right Steeler, I'm picking Deontay. I might want the other budgie smuggler in the back of the closet, George Pickens. So, all right. I'm I'm still riding with Deontay Johnson, though. Budgie smuggler of the week. Okay. So, we're going to water bet this. Oh, we're going to, we're going to bet because we don't do water bets. I'm going to splash water all over my house. Okay. We're going to, we're going to bet this. We're going to figure out what the bet's going to be for by the end of the show. But I'll take Pickens this week over Deontay. Straight I almost up. did George Pickens. I was I really care. close, you but didn't. I'm still doing Deontay. You, exactly. You didn't. You can't claim you almost did the other. We're betting George Pickens versus Deontay Johnson on the heels of an explosive from, of an explosive conversation had on Tuesday night show uh, between yes. Jacob and Billy on, on Follow it up on Sweating Bullets on Thursday. Uh, Kenny Pickett just earned the starting spot <laughs> after my Watson trade. Thanks, Lucas. There don't, you go. Don't hey. attribute that to me. Please don't <laughs> attribute that to me. Look, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to start to get into some of this trade discussion that really had me riled up over the last 24 hours. Can't wait to dive into it. Sit tight. I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. I mean, okay. starting off the season, I viewed him as a very similar level prospect to Drake London. And um, they both had bad quarterback play. Wilson has shown out. London hasn't. Like, I, I'm more than happy I take Wilson over London right now. And the rest of this wide receiver class, really, outside of probably Olave. I mean, Olave is – I think right now I would still take Wilson over Olave. Um, but, I mean, it's it's pretty close. Like, I think it's a clear top four here. We, we were talking previously in the draft when we first did this, it was like 101, then a tier break. It feels like that tier break is kind of spread out a little bit and taken in Olave, Wilson, and Walker, and maybe someone else, depending on your your takes. Tommy, I know I said you'd be leading us off right out of the break here, but Caleb Williams is putting on a fucking show right now. You guys are watching the USC game. Uh, he's he's unbelievable. Give him the Heisman. He's absolutely disgusting. He's super sick. I just saw the highlight of him in that long ass run that he put up. He is absolutely sick. And the 2024 number one overall draft pick. Like it's gonna be really hard to change my mind. I love Quinn Ewers, but Caleb Williams. Oh my god. Tom Lee. Yeah, so let's punish it totally. So one of the reasons you wanted me to lead this off was because of how triggered and red-eyed you were this week when you posted on Twitter, and I quote, single most frustrating thing in Dynasty is when bad teams will not sell players when they clearly should for whatever draft capital they can. 
This was then followed up by over oh. 60, maybe 70 comments and retweets about why people will not want to sell established veterans for picks or for younger pieces, even though they are not in competing positions and they have bad teams. So because of that, we're going to break down into two different parts, when to rebuild and then how to do it properly so that people are no longer jaded by this sweeping statement of if you're bad, please sell and become better. Just stop fucking following the sunk cost fallacy. Stop it. That's it. Oh my God. I can't wait. Over 106,000 impressions from that tweet was more. I was just casually before my lunch break at my R at my R in. Oh my God. My IRL job, my in real life job, just casually before I went on lunch break. I check my phone an hour later, poof blown up. And I've been going nonstop ever since you're right. Uh, I needed you to lead off because I don't, I don't particularly know when to start. I want to, I just want to start by, by saying this. I understand that some people don't like making trades and I understand that it's not as easy to just let players go sometimes. And I want everyone to understand I am not attacking anybody. I am attacking the ideal or the idea that staying stagnant is profitable. That is where I have a problem with the strategy. Okay, and what I am, I also want everyone to hear what I am not saying. I am not saying that you should just go and trade Jamar Chase because you're two and 10 and you should trade him for a first and DJ Moore because that's how you, that's not what I'm fucking saying. There are clear players that we are going to go over that you should be looking to move. And we are even going to look at a scenario where you can be a contending team and still be trying to sell off aging veterans for first moving forward. We're going to talk yep. about that too. Okay. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. I'm not attacking anyone, but it had to be discussed today because again, that tweet absolutely went bananas. So Tom Lee, kick us off. I'm going to go and grab yes. whatever. When I come back, <laughs> I'm going to get back into the conversation. So I think the important part was the nuance and what was not said in the original tweet was if you're going to do it, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Right. It's not, this is, it's, the process of doing it is all based on the idea that you can get established value or decent value for these pieces and how to go about doing it. But for me, I believe the root of this problem, because we all come across it and I've come across it just as much as Tom, probably not as tilted, but you know, he's an angry Canadian and he's not at the screen. So we can get away with that. <laughs> what most commonly I run into people saying, I'm not sure what I, what I can do this year, except for compete because they don't have picks next year is number one. So that stresses people out or um, I can't move a vet because I won't be able to field a lineup, right? They're scared of uh, looking like they're tanking. To be honest, if you're rebuilding and you get rid of the pieces to play a, cons- a reasonable lineup, that is the ideal way to do it. No one can force you to play a lineup that you don't have. So that one's off the table. For me, it's when you get yourself in a position where you're right on the border of making playoffs and you're not sure what to do because you've given, you've gotten rid of your 23 first in this situation and you're not sure. You can't reload. You don't feel safe. Uh, and it creates this inner tilt, right? So classic examples for me, if you're sitting currently or last week you were sitting at five and six or six and six, this is where people really start to struggle with what to do with their lineups. Do I rebuild? Can I throw in the towel? The trade deadline's happened or it's about to happen. What do we do, right? So that's really where we sit, Tom, right? This is where, for me, the root of this issue comes from is the indecisiveness mm-hmm. and the panic that sets in of, if I can't, if I don't have my own pick, how can I possibly rebuild? I have to push for the title. 
Sure. And I completely understand why somebody would think that if you don't have your own pick, like if you don't have your own pick and you are already bad, you should have been already been trying to get your own pick back, honestly. But if you're six and six at that point, you can still trade for assets in 2023. If you want to, I would try to target 2024 because then your team will be really bad in 2024 and you'll be able to accrue value that way. Uh, you're still going to have pieces. If you're six and six, if you're 500, if you're one game below, you definitely have players that you can get off of your roster. You can get rid of Tyler Lockett, who's probably been helping you win some games. You can move Tom Brady for whatever you can to help you win your games, and you'll have enough points. Hopefully your league has switched to total points for. It absolutely should at this point, uh, 100%. Travis Etienne, uh, not Travis Etienne, Adam Thielen on your team. Absolutely should be moved off of it if you if you still have them. Alvin Kamara, get rid of them. Mike Evans, get rid of them. And we're going to talk about some values on those players, but you should definitely be unloading, 100% unloading, even if you don't have your own pick, uh, because you just have to accept the fact that you're not going to get that pick. But if you got your second-round pick, you're helping your second-round pick. You're helping your third-round pick. Third-round pick, not bad. I heard it. I saw it. They can be. You know what's easier to move in a trade, Lucas? If you and I were having a conversation, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of like that. You know, I, I like Darnell Mooney here. I like Darnell Mooney. How about I give you Donta Foreman, right? I'm going to give you Donta Foreman, and I'm going to give you Darius Slayton, okay, for Darnell Mooney. That's probably a, a hard, fat fucking no. But, hey, I'll give you this third and Darius Slayton for Darnell Mooney. All of a sudden, all of a sudden... That conversation starts to become different, right? Because people don't want a 26-year-old running back who's had the best games against Atlanta, doesn't provide any real upside, and he's not going to accrue value but that third-round pick. Now you've used it as a package to go get another player. Now you use Darnell Mooney in a package to go and get a high second, so on and so forth. It doesn't have to be fucking linear. Yeah. Okay, so third-round picks, I, I heard you. It matters. But I definitely think there's an opportunity if you're like a, a 500 or barely sub 500 team, you know what direction your team is heading and it's time to jump ship. I think the biggest thing moving forward for these teams that are in these horrible positions, uh, mine aren't in this position because they are already two and 10. So can't really do much, but tank there. But I the think it's just full effect. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of teams just don't act with purpose wherever they get into these sort of things, either have a purpose of you're going to go and compete. Even if you're wrong, go full fledged into that either competition or rebuild and then deal with the consequences after it. Cause you're doing absolutely nothing sitting on your hands at six and six and going, I guess I'll be mediocre. I I don't know what else to do here. Mm -hmm. Right. You commit to something, have a purpose, go for it. If you fail, you fail. And then you're going to rebuild no matter what. But hey, you never know. Something could flip your way if you make good moves. That, that's all I'll say. And it's like this. It's like, oh, no, my team's bad, right? What do I do? Well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to hold my value. For Guess what? If your team is bad with what you have now and everyone else is trying to gain value, your team's going to stay bad. You're just going to stay bad. Right, because chances are those players that are bad for you right now need a lot of variables to hit for them to get better or be in better situations or accrue value over time. Over this offseason, the draft can come in and wreck any one of your 
Miles Sanders is one that was heavily talked about. Oh, I, I, if I can't trade him for a high to mid second right now, why would I trade him for a high third plus or, or a late second when he's just going to hold that value? He may not. Oh, he re-signs in Philly. Guess what? Philly drafts a day two running back with their assortment of picks. Fuck it. Philly drafts Bijan in the first round with one of their picks. Well, Miles Sanders just became fucking worthless. We saw this with Damian Harris last year. Damian Harris had 15 touchdowns. Yeah, I think he had over 900 yards. You were like, oh, I'm not selling for a second right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have him next year, and he'll be worth the same thing. No, he's not. If you waited to move Damian Harris into the even into the offseason or at the start of this year, that value was already gone. It was gone so fast. And you're going to tell me, Slime Sanders, uh, shout out uh, Toronto Dave for the nickname. Uh, he's the first one that coined it, and I use it all the time, so I want to give him the proper respect. Uh, shout out uh, Dave. But you're going to tell me that Miles Sanders isn't just fancy Damian Harris, limited pass catching upside, runs north and south on a heavy rushing team with, with some goal line carries. Oh, difference? Miles Sanders deals with Jalen Hurts, not Mac fucking Jones running the football. <laughs> Right, so Miles Sanders is just flashy Damian Harris at this point. We know what he is. I don't think he's really going to get much better. He already peaked at like a round four startup pick a, a year or two years ago. I know I fucking made the pick. Um, or changed right? it to me. Yeah, like it, it, like just we we know what he is. So why wouldn't you take that that pick? Why wouldn't you let somebody else carry that grenade and pull the pin? Now you have a second round pick, even if it's a mid second round pick. Tom Lee, I have the sheet. I have the sheet right here. Yeah. I pulled it up for this. Do you want to hear some of the players you can get with a mid second round pick over the last couple of years in uh, in fantasy football? These are these are super flex, by the way. These are, these are super flex picks by ADP according to DLF. <clears throat> Gonna love these. Uh, Two oh two, Patrick Mahomes. Uh. Hollywood Brown, this is since 2017. Christian Kirk, Kareem Hunt, T. Higgins, Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh Allen, uh, Daniel Jones, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Kosicki, Michael Carter, Michael Gallup, Pat Fryermuth, A.J. Dillon, Kadarius Toney, Amon Ross St. motherfucking Brown, uh, the aptly before mentioned Damian Harris, Dallas Goddard at 211, Chris Godwin at 212, Antonio Gibson and Jalen Hurts, 301 by their ADP. And you're going to fucking tell me that you wouldn't trade Miles Sanders for the dart throw opportunity at any one of those players. Hell, I would trade Miles Sanders for a lot of those players straight up right now. But they don't see that. They see the player. They, they, they see a player. They see a nameless, faceless outline on Sleeper, and they go, I can't have that. I can't have that. What if that pick fails? Yeah, what if that pick fails? So you recover. We know what Miles Sanders is, and we know he's not going to help you be a contender the next year. If your team is three and nine, Miles Sanders isn't going to do any more for you the next year. So why wouldn't you just take your dart throw? Not even a dart throw. I think second, I think we measured it out, Tom Lee. I think it's about 51% in the first round and like 52% in the second round since 2017, not including. Yeah, correct. So between, between picks 203 and 212, the hit rate on returning value or delivering massive value is 55%. In that pick range. So it's higher in the second round than the first round. Yeah. So that can lead to a strategy in itself. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, the other thing I want to say about this was you made, you made an interesting comment pre-show to me, which is if you're five and six, you know 
with more than enough time before the deadline that you're a bad team? Why are you not starting to make these moves earlier? So um, we want to get to strategy later on. But one of the things that Lucas sort of triggered me to, to think about was if I know that my team is middling and it's not performing the way I want it to, if it's not dominating, throughout the year, you can be making what seem like lateral trades to keep acquiring and adding little bits of value to your team. So then come trade deadline, if you are all of a sudden competing, you have capital to go and get these pieces or you have enough capital to go, actually, I can rebuild from here and I'm in a better spot to swing it either way. So uh, it's probably too late in this year, but it's something to keep in mind heading into next year. If your team, you know, it's one of those bad beat stories where it's not quite performing the way you want it to, it should be top three, but you're sitting fifth, sixth, seventh. You, like, that's a volatile enough spot that it could go either way. Like, you need to be realistic without panicking. So if you're someone who knows that it gets tough or panicky towards the deadline, don't let yourself get to that position. Start making moves to give you sway either way to make a call when you get the opportunity. Because I think a lot of this idea of I can't trade away my guy because I've got nothing for next year comes from you've let it sit for so long. Like you had opportunities. These guys have had big weeks in between. They've been on injury dips. They've been on injury booms. So the guys we're talking about a lot of the time will never have more value than right now at the deadline because the people who need them want the rest of the season and they'll overweigh that as opposed to the rest of the season. So you know, there is literally no return to come. Like you said, Sanders. Sanders has a moderate run heading into the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs. But if someone needs that third running back on their roster, he is a very appealing piece to go after because he seems affordable and you're more than happy to get rid of a second. If that person's sitting sixth yeah. and they qualify in sixth, that's the 207. We're very happy with that pick in the offseason that you could even add to another piece to flip up to someone you think is better. You can make the moves off the back of it. Like, like Tom said, it's not linear. So... It's, it's not that you're losing out. It's more a case of you can't use him next year. This person thinks they can use him. That's the end of the, the, um, the interaction with that person. So what if he booms and goes massive at the end of the year? You weren't using him anyway. The key is next year, you cannot guarantee that return. As soon as the season ends, that appeal goes away. So that's really yeah. what we're looking at is it's not necessarily saying we need to sell everything off. It's what are the pieces that you cannot return investment on once the deadline has passed, once the year has ended, because people will not buy them just based on the fact that their position is volatile. Yeah, and I, I love that point. I think it's a phenomenal point. I, I, I like that. Look, we always talk about in the draft season, we talk about don't draft to fill your roster. Don't f- draft a team in the startup to to fill your need. Don't draft in your rookie draft because, oh, I need a running back. I have to take a, a running back at 107. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you did that with James Cook, guess what? You're fucked. You're fucked. If you did that and, and you passed up Traylon Burks, JMO, who's gained value before he even practiced <laughs> up to the top, he's top 18 on keep trade cut. So clearly some, there's at least one market or one general market that he boosted his value. And here you are taking James Cook, who's done nothing but tank at this point. I acquired James Cook for uh, uh, James Cook and a third for Darren Waller earlier. And that's about the, the best trade you could have made if you acquired James Cook. Right. Um, so you don't you don't draft in your rookie draft to fill positions of need, and you don't fill out your lineup in a startup. Why the hell would you do that when you're rebuilding? Oh, I need a running back for next year if you're building. No, you don't. No, you don't. You could you could take Boom Knight off the waivers and stick him in there. It does not matter. You do not need a guy when you're trading. So why don't you focus on acquiring fluid pieces? That's what you should be acquiring pieces that give you the freedom to move around within your league, your micro market. Okay. Cause we're going to talk, you're going to hear that a lot. 
Okay. In the next segment, there's a market, which is uh, like perceived value, keep trade cut, uh, DLF, uh, wherever you get your rankings from player profile, that's a market. And then your league is going to have a different market unless you're playing with the same 12 people, which people do. <laughs> yeah. And all the power to you. Some people do do that. So there are discord leagues. I know our discord, but let me tell you uh, the full tilt discord league for dynasty. It is a crapshoot of different players and I absolutely love it. And there are some places that have the same kind of group of people, the same mentality. Then you can use one set market. But from my experience in the multiple leagues that I'm in, I'm in well over 35 dynasty leagues. Uh, the micro markets exist. Okay. So why wouldn't you just want the most fluidity within your micro market at all times? If you are rebuilding, you do not need to hold on to a running back. If you can trade, you don't need to hold on to Dante Foreman just because you need a running back for next year. You don't need to do it. You absolutely, that is the worst possible decision you can make hands down, flat out worst. One of the worst. Um, that's that. That's my rant. That's a, that's a side rant before I move on. Um, Lucas, anything to add before we move on to uh, the next bit? No, I mean, looking through those comments, because a lot of this discussion is based around the tweet that you had and people either agreeing with you or coming for you for some unknown reason. But <laughs> brutal. I said I was going to make this reference. this reference, so I'm going to make it. Uh, it reminds me a lot. In political science, there's theories for how international relations works. Right, the two major theories are realism and liberalism. Realism suggests that a country will only work with another country if they perceive that they are the only ones that will actually benefit, or they're the ones that benefit the most from that interaction. Liberalism expresses that the countries will work together if they feel like, as long as they benefit, they don't care how much the other country benefits because they're still benefiting. I feel like if you're the one contending and you feel like you need to make a move to get to that championship level, then you know what? You don't want to make other teams better because you want to be the best. I get that. But whenever you're at the bottom, you you can't operate under that sort of mindset. You need to operate under, you know, I know I'm not going to win. So what does it matter if the other team's better this year? means absolutely nothing to me do something that will benefit you all in the future move forward with it and don't care about if other teams are getting better from that trade do what's best for you get yourself better and then move on simple as that <laughs> no i like Love that man i think it, yeah. i think you're crazy point the idea that i can't help you when you got to pay up you got to pay up if you want to win why i'm just going to go to the next person that doesn't think that exactly yeah I, I'm, There's I, always look, another team. Leverage, let me say this, leverage only exists if multiple parties are wanting what you have, right? Leverage is, is holding an advantage, right? And using a piece to gain more. If everyone's just like, yeah, I'm not paying that, your leverage is immediately gone. It doesn't yeah. matter if you have that player. If everyone else is like, yeah, no. Or if I'm bidding against myself, and you know when you're bidding against yourself, okay? You know in those conversations, uh, I got someone else really interested. Then go do that deal then. And that deal Perfect. never like fucking comes through. Yep. That deal never comes through. Let them have it. This is what I'm willing to pay. Your leverage is gone. As soon as he says, I'm not paying that. Your leverage is fucking gone. So fuck your leverage. 
It's just, it's just straight up. You need to have a combative market to have leverage. And you was like, no, I want a second for Jamal Williams. That's nice. No one's obviously paying you that because if they were, you'd have done it already. And here I am. You're not getting it. So there's your leverage. He's gone. You keep him. Right. You're three and nine. You keep Jamal Williams because you're pushing for a second. You that's I'm happy for you to have leverage. There has to be something. Uh, uh, another force uh, making it happen. We have a, a comment from David uh, Punio. Punio. Let me know. Uh, I'm pretty much cooked in the dynasty. League. I traded some players. Other teams needed for Robinson and Hall and a handful of second and third round picks. That's fine. Uh, I'm assuming when you say Robinson, you mean Brian Robinson. Immediately try and trade Brian Robinson for a second round pick. Especially if after you, this last game. Yeah, if you if you want to hold him, hold him. That's fine. But trading for Brees Hall, okay, good call. You got you got a handful of seconds and third round picks. Let me know some of the players that you moved. I'm I'm yeah. very interested uh in, in some of the players who moved away. Cause I'm gonna list some players afterwards and I want to see if that connects. But you did the right thing, David. 100% did the right thing. Okay, I'm just going to keep ranting if, if you guys don't move to the next. All right, let's, let's do when to fold, when not to fold. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Well, I think, I, I think uh, what are we at? We're at 57 minutes. Let's subtract 10. So we're at 47 minutes for the pod. I want to move to the hard yak at this point. I think we've gone yeah. back and forth on um, on when and what. Well, we've, we carried that through a multiple in multiple facets. So I think we can move from that. I think we'll go, we're going to take a quick, quick break, quick clip from Tuesday's show. And we come back, uh, we're going to give you the next bit. And this is where it's going to get a little bit feisty and absolutely a little bit rowdy. Sit tight. Uh, at the 103, uh, you made my life a little bit that. easier. Uh, I'll take Kenneth Walker. When we have a rookie running back who's shown what he's shown, and I've outlined my concerns with Kenneth Walker before, he still has provided on that really positive rushing value. He's shown at least a little bit in the passing game. Not not a lot, but he's shown a little bit, uh, especially in that Tampa Bay game, and that's helped buoy his season long up to sort of workable levels. It's just going to be easier to use the running back value however I want to do it. And ultimately, I don't like holding a lot of roster value in young wide receivers and running backs that aren't providing me elite production anyway. I ideally want to pivot that production into picks. I want to pivot it into veterans that are scoring more. I want to pivot it into quarterbacks and tight ends. But in terms of who's going to give me that maneuverability and who I think solidly is a good long-term bet, like I don't think he's a fragile bet. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, I'm going to ride with Kenneth Walker. Let me tell you, hearing Jacob pump up uh, Kenneth Walker was not what I expected. But you you change your process and your opinion because the market changes. And that growth growth is so important in dynasty fantasy football, adapt or die. Billy Bean in Moneyball, adapt or die, right? Uh, sh- shout out Brad Pitt. Uh, also, uh, after my wife and I talked about it, my favorite movie. Uh, it actually comes down. Moneyball is my favorite movie. So there you go. Wow. Look, Lucas and I actually talked about this. We're a football podcast. We're, we're, look around and see how much baseball memorabilia. You can't see it, but I've got a baseballisms <laughs> hat on. Okay, baseballisms hat. I'm wearing a Ken Griffey Jr. silhouette. Uh, shirt right now i've got a signed vladimir guerrero uh helmet i got a signed uh pitcher who uh shan't be named on the pod and we got kevin (laughs) pilar there i have more baseball shit and my favorite movie is a baseball movie than i do football shit in my in my house as a football pod absolute disgrace but you do have to adapt or die tom lee what do we got now yeah so i mean we've talked generally about when why how 
to identify when you need to rebuild. So we talked a little bit before as well that if you've missed opportunity mid-year to start acquiring the ability to move up and down, what do you do in this situation? You feel like you're against the wall, you feel like you're a bad team, you might fit this description. What are the, some of the practical ways that we can walk through how to do it? The hard yakka helps us with that. It's what is the nitty gritty? What are the details? What are some of the, the shapes we could look at to try and spark the thinking of how can I get out of this? That isn't just a linear, I want a first for this player, right? So we'll start with that. The obvious point is if you have an older guy who is doing really well, sell them for multiple firsts. No shit, right? Everyone wants that dream package, but we talked about it before. Micro markets don't allow these type of deals to happen, right? There's also guys in your leagues who are trying to sell the youngest, hottest piece for multiple or for another stud piece as well. Like Tom said, you price yourself out of that market because not everyone has that to give up, right? It's not always possible. So the idea of, of this, this process is to look across your micro market, the rest of your league, and figure out what is possible. What can I do, not just with the person I want to trade with, but with other people in the league? Set up multiple dominoes, get them to fall your way, take what you need out of it, right? You are not limited just to one person interactively if you're willing to do the work. So that for me is what today's hard yakker is about. What are the strategies we know that exist out there? What are some guys that we want to focus on moving off our teams, especially if we're a bad team, but also possibly if we just want to re to make sure we capitalize on getting rid of these guys before their value plummets in the off season. So we'll start with a few of the guys that Tom really wants to focus on because uh, I think we pretty much universally agree on these as pieces you want off your rosters because they are unmovable in the off season. Correct. So I'm going to see even start this, not even for a rebuild, because this isn't just about rebuilding. Just anything. Even it yeah. says rebuilding. Rebuilding is all the time. Rebuilding, retooling. It's constant. It's nonstop. Yeah. That's why Dynasty never ends. I am the second best team in this league in points for and record. Okay. Shut and I'm, look, I'm looking at my roster and I'm looking, who can I move? It's not even about that. It's who can no, I, I move? This is the humble brag. Who the hell can I move to stay this good for yeah, years correct. to come? Yeah. Uh, I drafted really well. I will humble brag that. And, and it's worked out. It has worked out. I've traded a couple of first round picks. I ended up getting Joe Mixon. Uh, I've just, I've traded a couple of first round picks. I have down to how come this team. And let me tell you, I'm trying to move them. I'm trying to move them to another contender. I'm trying to move them to another team that's in the playoffs for their, tw- uh, for their first round pick in 2024. Why? Yeah. Because clearly my team is deep if I was this good without DeAndre Hopkins, right? He's going to drop in value. Marquise Brown came back and out-targeted him in his first game. So we don't know what the power shift is going to be, especially when Rondell Moore comes back. Who knows what happens next year? Cliff Kingsbury could be gone, right? DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a year older. We don't know what's going to happen with this team. So yeah, he's a player that is destined to lose value again. Uh, And even as a contender, I'm willing to try to send him away. See what I can get. If that deal doesn't work, I'm going to try a different one with other people. I'm going to shop them around because I, yeah. that's what you should be doing as a contender, period. There's always there's always players. I would do the same thing with Keenan Allen right now. I would do the same thing. Every player that I'm going to talk about that should be gone on a rebuild, you should be trying to get rid of pretty much on a contender as well. Jamal Williams, Darius Slayton. Um, um, and there are times where you can acquire these guys also. I'm not sitting here saying like, absolutely don't buy any of these guys at the right price. Sure. You can do it. If it fits your needs. Sure. If you had Cooper cup, why wouldn't you go and acquire Keenan Allen for, for that late second? Sure. Absolutely. Why not? But you should also be, if you have Keenan Allen looking for the guy who lost Cooper cup and trying to get a second, like it, it, it fits together. They're the same. 
So those are a couple of players that I wanted to kick off with you guys. Please do your thing. Cause I can rant. I'm going to end up ranting about this for three hours and we're going to lose every listener we've ever had. <laughs> so I think one of the keys to this, right. Is, is we mentioned it a few weeks ago when cup went down is if you were one, maybe it wasn't even us. Maybe it was the, the flagship show saying, if you were a cup injury away from no longer being a contender, you were not a contender, right? It's the same yeah. thing for a lot of these vet pieces. If moving one of these vet pieces off your team no longer makes you relevant, that is a concerning thing, right? Mm-hmm. You should have depth to move a Hopkins away and still have a reserve wide receiver to put in if you need to. And then a Zay Jones and then a Slayton, right? These are the guys who can fill in more than comfortably that you don't need to hold on to what the hope of Jender Hopkins can be once he goes past 30 and we're hoping on volume, we're hoping on touchdown upside. Like these are pieces you don't need on your team. You need to get off them. So if you are in a position where moving a Hopkins away leaves you vulnerable, you need to be looking at the rest of your roster and going, what can I do with this? Right? Not to flip at any value, but to flip and make sure you ensure you're not just donating money for the next five years because that is a flag for that. Right? Um, I like moving those guys. Like you said, a few other guys for me, if you are definitely not contending, uh, Adams, Devontae Adams, Austin Eckler, Chubb, Kelsey, these guys all fit the bill of players who will dominate for an, for another team, you will get value for them and you can get some good return back. They are too old to be on your roster. Even next year, if their value dips a little bit, you've missed an opportunity. So if you're not competing at all, these are the guys I want off my roster. You could argue if you're competing that these guys will be in your top two or three pieces each position and it's harder to move them. I understand that. But if you can replace one of these guys production-wise and still get that piece, we always talk about that structure, um, that's ideal for me. So I will say this, with the players that you brought up, I don't have a lot of them, but I do have a lot of Travis Kelsey. That's the only one that I have a lot of. And Thomas and I were even talking about a trade with Kelsey in one of our leagues, and I ended up not moving him. But I feel yep. like I waited way no too long into the season. I, I waited too long into the season to try to move him because at that point, there were only one or two teams that would actually be willing to acquire yeah. Travis Kelsey because they know that Travis Kelsey costs a lot, and I'm going to expect yeah. a lot. So I think and that and the other thing they be, know as well, Lucas, on that, I'll make the point is the other thing they know is if you're not in the playoffs, Kelsey also isn't in the playoffs. So they're not worried about him. So mm-hmm. therefore lesser tight ends on your team are still more competitive because the bigger guys are sitting on a, on a lower roster. That's another thing to look with your micro market as to, well, I don't want to pay up for a guy I'm not going to need because everyone else has less pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm getting to a question here is when is it, better to hold on into the off season after the season ends and more people think that their teams can compete versus like during the season. No, you're, you're no, you're, if you're waiting to the off season to make these moves, instead of taking advantage at the time when people are hungry for it. Now people will be like, well, I can wait and see what I need next year. Oh, and guess what? Travis Kelsey is going to be cheaper next year because he's older. He's a year old. Oh, you yeah. were trying to trade me Darren Waller, though. I'm, I'm just going to say. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Right? <laughs> Don't let me sit here and like, you know, like I'm an asshole. The offer was good. You didn't even counter. You just left it. Like oh, no, I did it. counter. I did counter. I'm going to pull this up now. You ended right. up, you ended up the at, the, at the end of the day, you ended up getting Ugats. Okay. You ended up getting yeah. Ugats. But, but Kelsey's a perfect example of the piece that I understand, right? You want to make sure you capitalize because he's a game changing piece. Right. There's no other tight end that's doing what he's doing, even ballpark this year. Right. The problem with that, like you said, Lucas, is if you wait to this point of the season, you make your market very skinny and people don't want to move too much because it'll fit, it'll in theory destabilize their position. 
Yeah, I so, need to. I need, I need to sell much earlier. I need yeah, to correct. sell much so, but, earlier. So the question is now: If you haven't sold much earlier, what do you do with him? Kelsey is probably the one guy on this list that I'm not okay with it. But like, if you haven't been able to sell him, I understand you're not going to just throw him away for nothing. You are keeping him based on the fact that regardless of how old he gets and how decrepit he gets, Patrick Mahomes will feed him touchdowns, and you'll be able to sell him at some point. I understand you can narrative yourself that. Um, and it's rare that I said about I this, this guy is generational. This guy is different, right? Yeah. I get that. Um, Derek Henry is another classic example, Tom, of another guy people will not move because he's different. He changes mm-hmm. the game. But sure. he's going to die on your roster. And if you're not competing, my this, biggest, this, you're missing my something biggest, My biggest point is, and Lucas is the point that I'll actually make, and I love this because we're talking about things that are happening and transpiring with us directly. We're being very yes. open and clear with everyone here. Okay. And we understand that it doesn't necessarily happen a lot with a lot of people. We're going to be open and honest right here in the open live on air for everyone. Cause we go through this ourselves. Yeah. We're not just this saying this. Yeah. yeah. We're not just saying this to get clicks and views. Well, we're saying it to get clicks and views, <laughs> but we're saying it because everyone goes through these type of conversations. So it's important to have, I can give you an example of a Travis Kelsey trade I made on a team where I won a championship. I was kind of hanging on. Then I lost Cooper cup and it was all, all hope out the window. I went and found the manager who has been struggling to win this championship. He has come in second. He's come in third. He's come in third. Like he's always right there. I went to him. He has Javante Williams who is hurt. And I went to him and I said, I will give you Travis Kelsey I will give you Allen Robinson, who at the time was not hurt. This was a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then I'll give you Kareem Hunt as well. Serviceable RB3, right? And I will get – I ended up getting a late 23-1. It's going to be late. He's going to be in the top top three, period, unless something catastrophic, and then, yay, good for me. Then I have Javante Williams, who is – some people have him just valued under a 24 first. Mm-hmm. He was a fifth-round startup pick in that startup we talked about at the top of the show. And Pat Firemuth. So I got Pat Farmuth, a late 23-1, and Javante Williams essentially for Travis I Kelsey. I think that's a great trade. And, and a couple, it's phenomenal because it fit. A lot of the times we're trying to stick a trade that's a, a square peg into a round hole, and it doesn't work. You're just out there randomly tossing out value. There's a 6-6 six and six team in the league that we're in, getting a little bit away from Travis Kelsey, but I said that I was going to go off the rails a little bit. There's a trade in a league, team is 6-6, six and six, they need quarterback help. They're not quite in. They're not quite out. Uh, I'm trying to send every single one of those types of teams my Tom Brady's. I'm trying to send those teams my Marcus Mariota because they don't have they don't they're it's cost effective. It gives them some backup. Maybe they get in and make a run. Uh, it's a little late to start selling off at, to get prime prime assets because other people have already bought them. Right? It's reasonable. Those are the trades you need to make to the right teams. You can't just pigeonhole another team into a trade that you want them to take if it doesn't benefit them. The best part about trades is when it works for both sides. And Lucas, the issue with the trade that you didn't accept is that your team now is last. and It was already last. (laughs) I understand that. But now you have these assets that I'm telling you now, the offer I sent you then is not even going to be the offer you get next year. I'm going to, I'm going to say what your offer was. It was Darren Waller in a second. Yeah. For Travis Kelsey. Yeah, absolutely. Now counter that. I did counter it. Here's here's my counter. All right. It's past the trade deadline. It's fine. And then you keep going. (sighs) So I countered with uh, Traylon Burks, a, 
23 first and a third next year. Yeah, you had no shot at that. You yeah. had no and shot. And uh, Tom countered with Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Burks for Burks, a first and a second. I probably should have kept going after that. Honestly, right I got tired. I you, get, I get got, way too tired. Got, I know that's on me. You got what you wanted. You got what you wanted. Okay, you got Burks, and the only difference is that you gave up Debo, who quite clearly is seeing his role diminished. That was opera. That was we ended up getting to a good spot, and then you waited, and the deadline was done. Didn't get done. Now the next year, who knows what you're going to get for that offer? But I understand. Again, you got tired. It's a lot of work. You're doing doing this. You're doing that. I totally understand that. Yeah. But if you're these teams, that trade should have been made two weeks before the deadline. You knew where your team was going. You held them for a long time. And a lot of people do that. I'm not just sitting here being like, yeah, fuck you, Lucas. But it's an example. It's a good example. <laughs> I did example. trade Derrick Henry in that league, though. You so. did. And that was phenomenally timed. We have another question. Yes. We have another question. What would you give up for Jamar Chase? A lot. Three firsts instantly. Uh, two 23s and a 24. Uh, I think I would stop at the 101, but it'd be real close, right? I'd, I'd 102, 102 plus a 24-1. Like we're talking some legit Chris Godwin, a first and a second. We're talking pretty much whatever you have to do. This is a guy getting picked in the top eight picks of a super flex startup. Uh, it was last year, is this year. So uh, I would I would trade pretty much whatever I had to. You guys? I think interestingly, those pieces like Chase, because they are so league defining and game changing, the market is extremely tough. So if you're trying to make an offer on it, people are wondering what they can get out there. Three first doesn't exist on a lot of rosters, right? So like to do that shopping or to try and compete compete in that market is quite difficult. So pricing in your micro market is going to be difficult. Um, you know, some of the trade offers we've been getting on him, like it's a running back, so like a Kenneth Walker and a first. The chase right yeah, that was an offer i got a day ago um trying to capitalize on the hotness that is kenneth walker is that ballpark for you guys like where would you for me that's a no i'm holding chase but you're short yeah, yeah. For, for me i'm holding yeah. chase on that too but, it, but i mean this is how hard it is for people to give stuff up right like no one wants to give more than that for a gun player so I on think... my competing team i offered Pittman a uh, 24 first and a third and i got that turned down and then he said he wanted three first he wasn't yeah. looking at players so it's like I, I can't i can't do anything with that but yeah you yeah. know it is what it is but i think the kenneth walker trade you're, you're getting closer with that especially yeah like it was, getting... it was a fine offer i just said to the guy like i'd rather keep the, the piece that i know can change my roster than the two that i'm not sure can so i'll tell you i'll tell you one trade i did for jamar chase i traded uh lamar jackson for jamar chase in a two yeah. Ooh. Yep. What was your QB depth like? Because that'll be the number one question oh. I guarantee we get is like, oh, did you have QBs had, to play? Oh, I had Patrick Mahomes. I had Lamar yeah. Jackson. I have Tom Brady. I have yeah. uh, Kenny Pickett. Because when yeah. people, I took, I took your advice last year, Tom Lee, when it came to Kenny Pickett, and I stopped letting him slide past 109, and I just yeah. banked his superflex value. And now, when we re- at Tuesday show, everyone go watch Tuesday show after this or listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we redrafted the 2022 rookie class. Kenny Pickett didn't make it past 1 5. Yeah, I thought he was 106. Oh, maybe it was. No, yeah, I think. Drake... No, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I have, yeah, I have a short wrong because not... Drake London was 106. Yeah, I did, 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 not, uh, did not make it past me at, at 105, even. He's he's earned that. So there, there are ways to do it. There are ways, but sometimes it just has to be non linear, Dave. It's it's not just like 
player for this player in a pick. Sometimes you kind of got to finagle it and, mm-hmm. and make it fit uh, within that market, but it's definitely uh, doable. Uh, I want to talk, I want to discuss some trades. I want to like, yeah. we've talked a lot about theory. Mm-hmm. We, we have, uh, we've talked a lot about, Oh, I would do this or I would do that. Uh, there's a very smart fantasy player. I'm going to steal a bunch of trades from him and we're going to talk about it uh, because he has a trade thread. We love him. It's Jacob. He goes into great depth about what yeah. you can do as a rebuilder, right? And he's yeah, very process, good, at, right? good at what he does. So let's do this. You are a contending team. You need a quarterback. Uh, we have Daniel Jones for a 23 second and a 23 third. Yes, no. If you, we're gonna look at this in the eyes of a of a seller, okay. If you're selling, okay. Oh, so Daniel I'm Jones the one Daniel Jones. If, if you have Daniel Jones and you're trying to move him, yes. I'll, I, I, I if I have that. Daniel Jones, he's superfluous to my roster. I'm taking the second. Yeah. Yeah, easy, and it's a free third, right? So we're 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 just giving you guys some examples here and what we're talking about and some of the players discussed. And part of this is how to use some of these borderline players to get better options. Again, non-linear values. You don't have to trade Foreman for a third, but you can add Foreman to something else to get a bigger piece. Here's a great example of that. Gerald Everett, Deontay Foreman, and Michael Pittman for Njoku, a first and a third. Now that trade may not happen without the idea that you have this upside running back to help you contend this season, but that Mm. is a, a way you add that little piece and you get it moving. These are all legitimate trades. Here's another Dante Foreman. There's a lot of spicy Devon, Devon, uh, Dante Foreman ones. <laughs> Traded Dante Foreman and a and 24 fourth received Taylor Heineke and a 24 third. Now, what makes this trade so interesting? Well, you basically traded Dante Foreman for a third and you traded a fourth for Heineke. Hopefully, you can move Heineke for another four to a needy team. Sure. Now, now you've you've upgraded already to a higher pick. Now use those picks and go do the same thing. Repeat the process. These are the type of trades that we're talking about. Everyone should be doing this. Dawson Knox for a 24 second. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo in a third for a 23 second. Like (laughs) these are all trades that can be done. Yeah. Sometimes you have to give up a little bit. You gave up a little bit there, right? You gave up a third. Oh no. Right. But you've upgraded to that second. You ended up getting the value you wanted for Garoppolo one way or another. It just wasn't a linear way. I, so I am curious. You guys with have that some trade. examples. I am yeah. curious with the Garoppolo trade. When you would accept that trade? Are you what? I'm assuming you're sending out Garoppolo for a second to every single manager in your league, trying to get it, and then one of them ended up sending back a third. Like, how long yeah. are you holding out until immediately? You get that? Okay. As soon as like first first offer that comes in with a second attached, I'm probably taking it immediately because he does not provide you value after that. Sure. He might sign with the jets. He might whatever, but at the end of the day, he's never going to be viewed as like a top elite option at quarterback ever again, ever. He won't. There's not a situation that's going to end up really being better for him than where he's at now. And he's still mid he's mid as fuck. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not waiting too long. I'm not, I'm not pushing it. Uh, hello, loving the stream. Should I start Justin Je- Justin Fields or Herbert? Uh, I'm assuming that's Justin Herbert. Play Justin Herbert. Uh, Mooney, yeah. Mooney is gone, and we don't know how good Fields is. I hate playing players off. And of they play injuries. 
and he is yeah. playing Green Bay. And I would especially say this close to your playoffs, you you don't need that sort of uncertainty unless you feel like you're mm-hmm. really going, like you're a huge underdog. And I don't think that yeah. Justin Fields' ceiling is high enough above Justin Herbert's. And Herbert plays Vegas, so worst mm-hmm. case scenario, you could have two two good options, but I'd be going with the Vegas upside. Correct. And Herbert's been playing a lot better. Even though Mike Williams is out, I would still play Herbert. That also means fire up DeAndre Carter, people. Hell to the, yeah, look, we're, we're at an hour and 10, but we're, we're doing well. I want to keep going with this. Okay. Yep. I think it's still important. There are a ton of players that we can talk about uh, that um, should be off of your roster right now. Espe- like if you have a trade deadline, they got to be off your roster. And it may seem crazy. It may seem weird to you or ah, I wouldn't do that. But you're trying to gain more value. Listen to some of these players. Okay. Tom Brady, right? Nicole Hardman, Cordero Patterson, uh, Donta Foreman, uh, Cam Akers, Jalen Warren, Brandon Cooks, Paris Campbell, uh, Kyron Williams, Curtis Samuel, Dawson Knox, Nico Collins, Tyler Boyd, Kareem Hunt. These are all players that are rostered on bad teams. You know some of these guys are rostered on these bad teams. That's why their team is bad. But at what, when are you going to get their appropriate market value? And when is it going to benefit you to hold them? I say never. I think every single one of those guys should be traded for some sort of combo of a two and three, stack two of them together and get a two. Trade Brandon Cooks and Dante Foreman for a second if you can. Trade you know, Cordero Patterson and Dante Foreman, go get a second if you can, right? You don't have to just take a third, but I would also take a third for pretty much all of those guys. Gus Edwards, uh, I'd probably take a third for, like, these are all guys that I would be trying to move. Do you guys have examples? No, see, that's perfect. I mean, like, especially when talking thirds, if someone has multiple thirds, just go and get multiple thirds. Who knows? Yeah. If they end up being 3-1, 3-5, and 3-12, trade that for, t- like, two... Two eight or something, like just acquire multiple, especially even if it's multiple years, to start adding value to your roster when you know you want the guy up anyway. Um, grab twenty five thirds. Who cares? Just put oh them on your roster. Let them sit I, there. Like it's I just. I can't believe we haven't mentioned that yet. Go and get twenty twenty five picks if you're rebuilding. All <laughs> yeah. of them. Even if, if you're not. Wanna, what is the value wanna, add? If people don't want to pay you a twenty three second or a twenty four second for like Kareem Hunt, go ask for a twenty five. Go ask for a twenty five. Right. And, and start working that out because we know Kareem Hunt's value is probably not spiking at any point. Even if he signs somewhere, no one's really going to pay you top dollar for him. We know this because he's been really good and he's still on your roster. And I always love that. Well, he could gain value. If the people in your league thought that he was going to gain value, they would have already sent you that draft pick and they haven't. So it's time to adjust your market at that point. Maybe things can boom, but fat chance, right? Uh, and it's the old, well, he'll just have a good game. I hate this. He'll have a good game and I'll put him on the block. Everyone fucking cool. knows that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the league knows that's what you're doing. Oh, uh, oh yeah, big game. Now give me a two. Why? So we can suck ass for the next three weeks? Come on. There has to be some sort of peripherals to this. There has to be. Is, so, is there a chance or is there a scenario whenever you are like a rebuilding team but you have like a lot of asset, like more assets than you know what to do with, but you still suck that you're trying to move some of those assets to go and get somebody more established. Like you're already preparing for the next year. Are there scenarios yeah. where you're looking to try to do that? Always. That's part of it. So 
as long as you're gaining value over time, it doesn't have to be this player for a third, that player for a second, this player for a pick, or that player for a pick. It doesn't have to do that. As long as you walk away with that kind of value, I I like that. We and in that thread on that tweet that I had mentioned, which you can find on my profile uh, at Thomas Tibble FF on the Bird app and in, in our Discord at the Full Tilt uh, Dynasty Podcast Discord, which is free to enter. Head in there. We answer trade questions all the time. We have a good we have a good time. It's awesome. Um, go do that. You can also find that link uh, on YouTube uh, and at. Uh, Oh my gosh. And on my, and our Twitter. Um, anyway, um, somebody had posted that they had traded Darius Slayton for Quez Watkins in a fourth, right? It's not linear, but you got the value you wanted. Um, some people might say that's low, but it doesn't have to be one player for one player. You can go and package multiple picks or multiple players yeah. to go and get an asset. I'm a contender and I had a bunch of spare parts. What I, you know, figured spare parts and I wanted an elite upgrade. I traded Mike Evans, a 24 first uh, and um, oh my God, Greg Dulcich. And I went and got Mark Andrews. You yeah. can make, you can make those types of moves as a quote unquote rebuilder or even a retooler that doesn't require a full teardown. So the biggest, they... go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was going to say, like, I think one of the other mindsets that you're into, if you're not sure about buying 24 and 25 picks, if someone's giving you a 24 or 25 seconds to buy someone you deem as not worthwhile in your team, that team's not going to be good in those years, right? Or the likelihood is not good. Unless they change their philosophy and approach, you're going to have a pretty good pick in a couple of years. So feel, feel, feel far more free, if anything, rather than getting the late 23 because it comes with a high premium, go and get the 24. That could be a lot lower because these guys are looking to get team help now. So the best trade that I've done in the dynasty league, it set me up for one of the championships I won last year was whenever I had a horrible team, I finished last in this league. I traded Ryan Tannehill whenever he was having a good season, but I knew he wasn't a long-term asset. I was like, "Mm, don't want him on a rebuilding team. Hunter Henry, whenever he was actually scoring touchdowns, uh, Cam Akers, whenever he was still like an unknown before he went off in the playoffs and a second for Josh Allen. Yeah. So I was looking at it, I was like, I have, I had a bunch of rookie running backs. So I was like, okay, I can lose one. I had a quarterback who didn't fit my timeline. And then a tight end, I wasn't good. I didn't need a double-digit scoring tight end. Moved all of them, plus a second, I had a couple of extra picks to move up and go and get someone who I thought was going to fit my timeline. Mm-hmm. I had a bad enough team that I could have. I've lost every game with Josh Allen, so it kind of worked mm-hmm. out, and then I just reset. But when does it make sense to start doing moves like that? I know you have to find a willing owner. Right away. Sometimes the toughest thing, but yeah. Six and six, five and six, uh, uh, three and nine, fucking two and eight. <laughs> fucking, you can be six and five and realize that you're not making it. I'll tell you this right now, Barry, in the same league that I traded uh, Saquon Barkley straight up for Deshaun Watson on a team that I'm four and eight, he's six and six. He's hovering right in the middle. I I went to go send him Tom Brady for a two. He said, no, my team's not good enough. He already recognized that his team wasn't good enough, even with Brady, to make a push. At that point, if I'm him, I'm already trying to package up some of these assets to get a better asset. Even if you might lose in the short-term value, if you gain the long-term value, it doesn't matter. You can always be trying to do that. I gave an example as a contending team. 
I just gave an example that just happened to me on air. I tried to do this deal. It didn't work. And he, I asked him his reason and he gave it to me. It's a very smart fucking reason. Very good. It's, it's completely understandable. I get his point. Um, you don't have to wait. You can do it whenever you want to. Uh, in our league of record to the full tilt, Jacob decided he went for one week. Then he lost, realized it wasn't going to happen and immediately yep. sold off every asset he had at 500. And now he's just in full reboot mode. He ended up pulling Trevor Lawrence for Saquon Barkley and Amari Cooper and, uh, and a pick, I believe like, like you don't have to wait. You can just go and get, and there's obvious targets that you get. You go and get some elite quarterbacks or quarterbacks with elite uh, uh, upside potential and elite tight ends, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, uh, and in my opinion, Dallas Goddard. But we have a question here from RS German. Uh, look, traded Pearson Olave for Chase in redraft. How we feeling? I like that. How good is your team looking with Jamar Chase being out as long as he was, is my question. Him coming back, definitely capable of playing you for a push. I love that you traded Pierce away. I think Pierce is a clear fade down the stretch. And Olave, though very good, Chase just has that tick up above. I think this trade is completely even. You guys? I think it's good. It it hurts to lose Olave, but Chase is such a more certain asset, especially in redraft. I'm fine with that. Dynasty... I mean, yeah, Chase, I'd still do that in Dynasty if you could. But yeah, definitely go and do that. Oh, look at this. I'm eight and three, number one seed. Fuck, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. You're rocking, baby, and we're rocking with you. Uh, hit that sub button so you can be notified the next time we go live so you can keep us updated on this run. I'm now invested in your championship run in your redraft league because that was just an absolute mwah, chef's kiss. Truly phenomenal. Well done. Uh, David, I traded Jacobs Gabe for Hall. Pierce, uh, Pierce for a second, third, and four. I, I don't like the Pierce one necessarily, but I don't blame you for the Pierce one. I fucking love the Josh Jacobs one. So whatever you the Pierce one I may not like recoups all that love for the Brees Hall trade. Phenomenal, David. Absolutely phenomenal. I really like that. Uh, thanks for your time, gentlemen. No, thanks for your time. Look, we've had a long show. Uh, we're at an hour and 30 for the YouTubes. It's going to be an hour and 20 for the pod. Uh, phenomenal. Look, everyone listening, you've been rocking with us and we're rocking with you. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Friday night. Please. I like, I cannot stress this enough. Please hit the sub button. It, it means a ton to us and we love answering all your questions and being here for you. We couldn't do the show without everyone. So let's get some final thoughts before we get out of here. Uh, and I have to make one ad read. So let's get some final thoughts. I'll do my ad read and get the hell out of here. Lucas? I mean, I think we summed it up pretty well. Um, Like I said, have a purpose with your teams. Either go for it, and if you crash and burn, hey, you're already in a rebuild, so it'll work out. But, yeah, have a purpose with your teams. You know, don't, don't not make a trade because it makes somebody else better. Do what's best for your team, even if it helps out other teams. And, you know, have... Have fun with it. There's no reason to get as upset with trade offers as some people do. Uh, but yeah, just just have fun with it. At the end of the day, this is just a game. It's all it is. We're trying to have fun with it. So uh, yeah. Yep, I love that, Tom Lee. Absolutely. So I mean, like, it's never too early to start making moves, right? Like, so like we said, if you don't look like you're going to be a top three, start making some moves, shifting pieces around, start adding a little value to your team. If it swings back your way, excellent. Go and make those purchases. If it doesn't, you're in a better position to be confident in your rebuild strategy. Having said that, Aussie slang, we need one. 
Uh, I know the internet is pretty much made a mockery of the country, so I'll continue with that theme. Um, have you gentlemen ever heard of the bachelor's handbag? Oh I'm my terrified. God, no, but I, I need don't want to. Know. <laughs> I need very, to know what that is. Very different to say like the prison purse, which is a whole other thing. Um, oh, is that it a fan No. Uh, so oh. a bachelor's handbag is a store-bought roast chicken. All right. So essentially you go into your local Coles, Woolworths over here. I'm not sure what it is over in the US, just a normal grocery store. The idea being the bachelors are fresh out of uh, living with their parents. They're living either in a share house or by themselves. They can't afford a full dinner. So the bachelor's handbag is someone who's looking for the affordable weeknight dinner, possibly two dinners, depending on your size. You go and pick yourself up a carry bag of roast chicken and you're walking through the shops. That is the bachelor's handbag. That is not all I thought it was going that to be, was, especially after you said get... prisoner's purse. Yeah. I was terrified of what I was coming. This was going to get real weird and real freaky real <laughs> fast. It's a uh, real simple roast chicken. I... <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. And look, I I'm glad everyone was here uh, rocking with us uh, on this Friday night. We're not here to fuck spiders. Uh, we're here to do the work, and that's what we did today. And we couldn't do that without the Fantasy Points Media Group. Obviously, we are powered by Fantasy Points. Uh, you should go to fantasypoints.com. Uh, Look, uh, Jake Tribby just released his chart porn article. The TLDR for that, too long, didn't read, is posted as my pin on my profile at Thomas Tipple FF over on Twitter. It is free to read. The link is at the bottom of that. Go and check that out. Gives you tons of advantages like uh, what teams give you the best slot receiver matchups, which defenses are best against rushing quarterbacks. You can really get an advantage by looking at these charts. Do your work. If you play DFS, it's a phenomenal tool for where you can find stacks and where you can find weaknesses and, and strengths to put into your lineups. You should go into that. We're also powered by underdog fantasy. You can go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code full tilt F U L L T I L T. They will deposit match you up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit. If you've never played, go and do that. I know ads suck. So I'm very sorry. And my final thoughts of the day, I, I always like to end my shows on a positive note. So I'll end it with this. I understand that I rattled feathers on the bird app. Okay. And I didn't want any of my opinions to be taken out of context. I don't think that you should just eat a player for free. I think that you should always be working to get the best deal that you can at the time. And when your trade deadline pops up or you don't have a trade deadline right by the championship, all of these roster clogging players should be moved. If you have an attachment or if you don't like draft picks or if you don't like your process, that's fine. Use those players to go get a player that isn't a roster clogger. Slowly work your way up the value ladder. Look, rebuilding, it can be a long process. It can suck, but dig in and don't sit on your hands. I also want to remind everyone it is December now, but last month was November. Uh, it is it is a you can still donate. You can still go to Movember.com and donate. You can go to Movember.com at Full Tilt Pod and donate. It's important to talk about mental health. It is important for men to be able to understand that you can talk about your problems, your issues. And we're getting into the holidays. This is one of them can be one of the most exciting times, but it can also be one of the most depressing times of the year for people. Check in on your loved ones, even if you don't know that they need it. Check in, check in on your friends, check in on your loved ones. And I want to remind everyone that Tuesday we come back with the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast and we're back Wednesday with the Full Tilt Devi podcast and then we're right back here next Friday for the Fantasy Walkabout. 
Um, I just got offered a 23 third for Boyd. Take it. Take it. Absolutely take it. Absolutely take it. Acquire those picks. Uh, again, please hit that sub button. It, we really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Check out all of our content. You can find it absolutely all over the place. We're popping up everywhere. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose in your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always spent tilted. Good night, everybody. This is a great time.